Before we get going, I just have to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to every single chiropractor who cares for children, to every single chiropractic assistant who props us up on a daily basis, and every single chiropractic patient who values what we do. It has been and continues to be an absolute honor to care for the folks in my community. If you are being turned on to our podcast by a friend or family member, but are not under chiropractic care, my hope, my wish is that you find a chiropractor in your town and see what true principled chiropractic care can do for you, your children, and your family. This show is committed to engaging the docs who perform miracles in their offices to help better understand what we do and how you can benefit. For more information, please visit my clinic on the web at www.chirobeacon.com or call us from the continental United States at 805 481 one five six six. If we can't see you, we'll find you someone who can. Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you. It will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you're interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, peppprime.com. That's peppprime.com or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. Hey everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Today, guys, we got my good friend, Dr. Matt Doyle, calling all the way in from the east coast of Australia. Matthew is on a mission to facilitate a shift in global health consciousness. To create this, he's taken leadership roles as a student and as a chiropractor. As a student, his long-term involvement in the World Congress of Chiropractic Students helped it evolve to an organization of means and credibility with an ability to take action and have its voice heard. As a practitioner, he served communities in the UK and Australia and now runs his vibrant family practice with his wife in his hometown. He has sat on chiropractic boards, taught at two chiropractic colleges, particularly focusing on kids and pregnancy care, has run continuing education programs internationally, presented in numerous conferences around the world, and has published in the peer-reviewed literature on the safety of adjusting children. He loves being a dad to his two-year-old and bringing him up through a healthy, vitalistic lifestyle. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us. Awesome to be on, Dan. <laughs> I'm really excited we were able to figure out that whole... Uh, um, time zone thing. It was a fairly interesting uh, challenge to deal with. Um, for those of you who are listening, it's 8.20 p.m. right now, and uh, Matt is calling from the future at uh, 2.20 p.m. in Australia. Um, 
All right, Matt. So let's let's dig right in. Um, you're uh, you, you have a great history in this profession. Uh, you've been doing this for uh, considerably longer time than I have. Uh, been heavily involved internationally, and you've seen chiropractic and all sorts of complementary alternative healthcare, um, you know, play out in various different areas. Um, I'm interested to know. Uh, and I'm sure our listeners are about, you know, your practice, what you're getting done in Australia and, uh, um, how that all plays out. Shoot. For sure. Dan. And, uh, like, I think one of the, the most amazing things I've found about chiropractic care that I found as a kid when I started getting adjusted was the, the perspective on health. And, and that's, that's kind of the key thing that attracted me to it. Um, when I was at high school, um, you know, like I'd seen my, my family go through chiropractic care. I saw some you know, great changes in, in my dad and I, and I saw some, um, uh, yeah, in terms of like, you know, some of the symptomatic things, but then also in terms of family dynamic. And I think that's a, that's something that isn't quantified well. And that's something, an area for research further, but it's something I see time and again in practice over the last, um, 10 or 15 years, you know, there's, the the dynamic of a family that's well adjusted um, allows for better communication between parents between kids and and everyone's uh, like a little more educated and a bit more on the same board about an approach to life and health like I mean that's probably something you've seen over time in practice too right yeah you know it, I'm glad you brought that up right out of the gate man because every time I hear that I have Sigafus barking in my ear about how you know my patients will be in the clinic getting healthy while their family members are all at home staying sick. Right. I think that was Sigafoos that said that one of our, uh, one of our old school chiropractic philosophers, but, uh, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that this conversation was going to go that direction, but I'm pretty stoked that you brought that up because the family dynamic and the energetics that go into taking care of an entire family, particularly starting with the kids, um, it changes, it changes the metaphysics of that interpersonal relationship. Um, and, I, I think there's something that's that's a little bit um, uh, it's esoteric, right? It's a little bit difficult to put our finger on unless you see it from the perspective of those that you're taking care of, right? You can't really exactly do like a randomized control trial to really determine those metrics, right? But not at this point, anyway. Yeah. And like I look at it, yeah. This morning I had a had a family of five in, and it's the 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 third fourth child third child who's just going through their assessments um, and just to see that the way that that family experiences care is, is quite different to what you classically in the chiropractic office in a, in a, in a more vitalistically approach to care um, is very different to what you'd see within you know, a normal medical practice where it's you know closed rooms um, you know dealing with the treatment of disease and you know the, they get to come in here and yeah, get help with a range of, of you know, musculoskeletal conditions that have strong research, but they they get to expose to an approach to health that um, is founded in the, 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 the homeostatic or the homeodynamic capacity of the body to heal. And then if you can help them with having a healthier spine, so they've got you know, better balance, they've got better brain-body connections, and then they're in an environment where they're support, being supported to make healthier lifestyle choices too, you throw that in the mix with the actual, those things are all very important. Yeah. And particularly making sure your spine and nervous system's clear. And then it's the environment that it's done as well. You know, when they come in, we've got a, um, we've got an open plan practice. We've got a, a number of closed rooms for initial consults and, but in the open adjusting area, you know, people that are happy and most people are 
to come in and through that that um, that area for their for their care. You've got kids running around. You've got you know families sort of sitting there lying on on different tables. There's a bit of banter. There's kids that are starting to work out how to do you know leg checks and various <laughs> different chiropractic tests. And and the one of the things I love is that the the youngest kids almost start to fight to be the first one to get checked. Yeah. Sometimes they're a bit trepidatious about the first few visits, um, but once they sort of experience you know going through an adjustment and how their body starts to work like it's it's awesome to see who wants to clamber on the table first um (laughs) we're we're laughing because every single pediatric and family chiropractor anybody who sees kids uh, regardless of where they are in the world they have the exact same stories and my patients who are listening know this is how it plays out Um, you brought up something else, Matt, that I think I'd really like to expound upon. And that's this sort of concept of community in a chiropractic practice that doesn't exactly exist in the medical sort of paradigm that we've cultivated, uh, at least in the, in the United States, I imagine it's fairly similar, similar in Australia, but you know, in my clinic, um, it's it's fun to come out during my adjusting hours because I have an open concept pediatric area. I have more closed down for my adults, but you know we have you know two pediatric tables up front, and the kids have their you know own little Lord of the Flies type uh, mafioso government thing that goes on based on superiority. Whoever gets on the table first wins. Um, but you know it's a safe space, a chiropractic office that takes care of kids in this model. Moms. Uh, come in and they breastfeed their kids. Um, you know, we'll have uh, moms and dads sitting in the reception area while their kids are getting checked, just chatting about, you know, the newest fermentation class or talking about breastfeeding support or talking about, you know, birthing experiences, different OBs, different midwives, different doulas that they've gone through, um, sharing their pride in in their their ability to live this type of lifestyle which is still fairly um uh i'd say just uh, not not secretive but just just a little bit um inaccessible right um well and it's one of those things you, you mentioned there uh, it's the yeah the research has, re- has been clear um in a number of different publications about why people see chiropractors it's not necessarily that they don't like their gp or they don't like the system um th- they they use that when they need it and they come to 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 a chiropractor because we have a a vitalistic vibrant approach to health you know they they want to have something in their life where they they get that support to to help themselves you know be the best version of themselves they can be we um yeah our, our sons at the moment is just under two and uh there's a couple of times where you, the babysitting arrangements haven't worked out quite so well for when my wife was starting to practice and so we've got pictures of of him like on a on an ergo baby strapped on mum's back while she's she's doing <laughs> she's adjusting yeah? yeah um yeah it's just kind of cool to see what what um the flow for the practice can be right. and and we just love having kids in and around that sort of area to 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 have that energy right it's there there's a there, there's a sense of positivity there's a sense of enlightenment i think that goes along with this type of practice um you know it's it, it sounds like we're you know tooting our own horns but i think i think the real take-home message with with all of this this banter back and forth is that um 
there, there's a distinct difference between what we've been exposed to um, and dare I say brainwashed to believe with regards to the healthcare culture and what is potentially possible, right? Chiropractic kids, uh, at least in my clinic, and I'm sure I'm speaking for Matt as well, um, they grow up in a totally different environment. I'm going to have Dr. Steve Hoffman here on in about three weeks, I think, and he has a story about you know his children that I can't wait for him to share with everybody. Um, but he, he always draws a line in the sand uh, between uh, children who have access to chiropractic care and children who have not. Um, in general, chiropractic care, uh, at least the way that I describe it to my patients, it creates better body awareness first and foremost, which means when you're on, you're really on and you feel great. Everything is locked in and you're healthy. But when you're off, you know it quicker. Um, chiropractic kids are the perfect example of how this works because chiro kids, especially the ones who've been born into my office and have been adjusted since day one, will come into the office now and they'll tell me what's up. They can tell me where their listings are. They can tell me exactly what's going on. They can't articulate it, you know, like me and Dr. Matt do, but they'll point, they'll show. And by and large, they're right, right? Adults have had, especially adults like myself who didn't find chiropractic care until, you know, our 20s or 30s, um, you know, they have a really hard time filtering out all that sort of white noise, that stress, right, that allostasis, um, that oxidative damage that they've accumulated over the course of their lifetimes. Kids, especially kids, have been born into chiropractic. They're so pure in that sense. They're expressing that program to the max. Yeah, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and so the flip side of that is yeah, the 17-year-old I had in this morning for a report who, you know, when we've gone through uh, under, looking at health and the importance of the nervous system and, you know, what sick care is and what, what health care is, um, I asked her, so what, what, did, what, did, what did she get from it? Like, what did she understand from that report before we started a care? And, and she's like, well, kind of all of it. I'm like, had you ever heard how important the nervous system is for a healthy life, you know, for the, the function of your body? And she's like, no, and that's amazing. <laughs> like, that, that was sort of her word. So it's, it's great to, to be able to turn a light on at that age and stage because you set up a different health potential and a different – um, health trajectory that for, for someone to, to go through that, you know, life's journey. And, I, and you know, when we're, we're talking about the, a lot of the positive effects too, yeah, there's, there's certainly uh, for, you know, the existence of chiropractic, there's been challenges within the profession. And, and one of the things we faced um, last year in Australia was some fairly strident voices around the, the, the safety of chiropractic care for kids. And that's the, something that I'm, you know, been very passionate about, um, understanding what that means in reality and what the literature says and, and what that body of evidence shows. Because, you know, you know, any health practitioner who's honouring, you know, the, the way the body works wants to work from the, the, the best evidence they can. Right. Um, so what I looked at last year was a review of all that evidence about, well, is chiropractic safe? Is it, you know, is it effective? Um, and anything that in healthcare has risk, you know, chiropractic care for adults would be considered low risk or very low risk. When we look at children, you know, there's, um, you know, the literature shows no deaths recorded in the, in the time frame. there. We look at serious adverse events and there's very minimal of anything like that in the recorded history of the profession. Um, 
And what was when was so, that paper published, Matt? I can't remember the one that you you published a few years back. The the latest one I published, uh, one was in 2011, and the latest one um, was a commentary I published in September last year. Mm. So that's sort of most up to date. Yeah, I remember reading your your first paper in 2011, and um, you know it's funny because all this research just kind of like gets jumbled up in my head, and I could have sworn I cited you in the gray paper that I put together for WHO in 2009, but it must have been it must have been something else. I feel like there was a lot of good stuff that was coming out of your school at that point with regards to safety and efficacy. But I mean, Dr. Matt's absolutely right. I think it's really important for us to understand this. Um, risk benefit is definitely a big part of what we as, as doctors and healers and providers, uh, look at in terms of how we take care of kids. And I think, you know, probably one of the biggest, the most important things that, that we can at least impart on our, on our patients is that sense of empowerment that they're making a choice that's right for their family. Chiropractic care, um, in my family is essential. Um, you know, the families that I take care of, it's, it's an essential cornerstone of their health care may not necessarily be an essential cornerstone for other people. But I think a lot of the time when people come into our offices, um, and they see kids, uh, because the majority of our practice is kids, like you said, you know, they're all over the floor, they're playing with each other, they're having fun, they're checking people on the tables. It's, it's somewhat chaotic, which is awesome. It's the way I want it. Um, but they'll look around and they'll go, what the heck chiropractic for kids? Like, isn't that dangerous? Couldn't that, couldn't you kill a baby? And in reality, the literature says no, absolutely, absolutely not. It's so incredibly safe. And as Matt was talking about, I I've done quite a bit of research uh, myself with regards to safety and efficacy in chiropractic and, uh, you know, care for adults is really, really safe on a scale of all things, healthcare interventions, right? We're talking about compared to medicine and everything else. When it comes to kids, it's even more safe, right? Yeah. I mean, there's literature that showed, yeah, that reviewed, um, millions of, of, of case points in the medical system to do with adverse drug events and, you know, hospitalizations. And, um, like this was published a couple of years back. Um, they looked at, I think, uh, 5.7 million um, visits to to the hospitals um, in the US. Let me just find that because like I think it's such a such a useful um, stat. You know, like this Miller and Zan. This is in 2000. It looks at 5.7 million discharge records, hmm. and there was like 4,000 plus cases of, of death. Um, and this is for children under the age of 19. Now, I mean, people go to hospital when they're sick. So there's there's something pretty major gone. So that, that equated for that 5.7 million discharge records of one death per 1,300 visits. Like the, the stats around chiropractic that there are no deaths reported in the published literature and there's uh, about a one in 1,300 um, you know, risk of having some mild irritability or soreness for less than 24 hours. Right. So it's a very different ballpark yeah. um, when you look at the relative risk of things. And I think like when we look at the research, there's also one of the accusations about kids and chiropractic has been that, that there isn't any research supporting it. And, and that was something that was published in Australian newspapers earlier this year, which is just an inaccurate statement. You know, they'll, the, the level of research relative to adult care, it's not as um, there's not uh, as much of it as yet. Um, but if, and, and there's not less randomized controlled trials, which goes into a whole nother issue in terms of the types of research you need to, to, to find how humans function better when you're not using a medic, a medication, um, as your intervention. Um, but if you look at research around kids and chiropractic in the last 25 years, 
it's significantly increased the volume that's there. You know, 25 years ago, there was very little to find. Um, and even in the last 10 years, the number of reviews of research about, you know, conditions, chiropractic cares, um, children under chiropractic care have shown improvements with or uh, with in terms of RCTs and cohort studies and the level of evidence, it continues to grow. And each of those um, reviews of literature has always noted, oh, we need more research. But when they do the next review of literature three years later, five years later, it, it's interesting to note the significant increase in the volume of that literature. So it's very much a growing um, research base, uh, at which if there was significant harm or significant um, demonstration of no no improvement, um, then different things would be happening within the profession, but it's not. Right. And, you know, family practices and kids getting care globally, I think, is something that continues to be to grow. Yeah, and we, I think we uh, have we have some pretty good data, you know, that's come out even over the past 10, 15 years with regards to the utilization of chiropractic that has shown, um, you know, chiropractors have, have started to eat up uh, a bigger market share, meaning more and more parents are being exposed to it. More and more children are, um, are, are trying chiropractic care as, as an alternative, if anything. Um, and they're sticking with it, right? We get, we get some retention because people actually see the proof is in the pudding. Um, I want to go back to your comments with regards to, to increased research base uh, for just a second, because I mean, you know, where I, where I come in with regards to research, I've done a fair amount of epidemiological work, um, population-based work when it comes to things like safety and efficacy, but I, I think I'm more enthralled and I run my practice, not so much based on, uh, on what the, you know, trials say, but more on what the bench literature says. Um, you know, we've got some amazing researchers that are looking at the, the baseline neuroscience, um, as it pertains to all populations in chiropractic, but um, a lot of this stuff uh, it can certainly be translated into into children. Um, and I think probably the most important uh, pieces that we have right now are, are coming out with regards to how the brain uh, adapts to outside stimuli when certain folks have have been adjusted. All right. Um, now this population is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The work that the work that um, you know Heidi Harvick and, and Kelly Holt have done, and they're, and, they're, and they're now sort of team of, of researchers based out of the New Zealand College of Chiropractic, and yeah, into Turkey and into um, Denmark at the um, the Sedanska Universitet. Yeah, like they're they're doing um, their research is going global, and and it's getting published in journals outside of chiro of chiropractic um, because it's showing you know really interesting. Um, improvements, particularly in efficiencies of, of central neurology, you know, things like, you know, you can reposition your arm better or you've got um, it, more efficient muscle activation on strength tests. Yeah, they, they're things that, you know, it's um, good clinical research. It's not the highest level of research where you can make claims about things, but it continues to build the body of evidence showing a, a positive effect um, on on a on a, the neurology of a human. Now that's they're doing it mostly in adults. Um, they've got trials and um, studies set up with with a, with a range of children, some with conditions, some without conditions, that are that are now underway. So it, it's just fascinating to see. Well, what's the potential? 
you know, when you're using a, an approach to helping a human function better that's conservative and non-invasive and honors the body's inborn ability to heal, just, just you know, what can happen? And, and having the technologies now to, to more effectively track that, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, you're going to see some amazing things coming out in the next decade. Yeah, you know, it's uh, well, obviously, I got a, love, a lot of love for Heidi and a lot of love for Kelly. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get Heidi on this podcast here in, in the next uh, month or so. I know she's super busy. But I, I think it's interesting because chiropractic, in a lot of ways, put the cart before the horse, right? Uh, you know, per, the progenitors of modern chiropractic, you know, back in the late 18 and early 1900s, um, were making claims uh, based on observation, right? I mean, D.D. Palmer thought that he could cure deafness when he first started to discover chiropractic in, in, you know, late 1800s. But what, you know, his son B.J. and his contemporaries started to realize is that there's something a little bit more complex there, right? And that really has to do with the health and the vitality of the neuraxis, um, you know, in in simple terms, how the nervous system works. Um, You know, condition-based research, especially when it comes to things like colic and constipation, uh, which are probably the most common things that any pediatric or family chiropractor sees in their office. Uh, it's it's kind of hit or miss, right? And I think it's because there's a lot of different variables that can be employed in individual chiropractic offices that um, are difficult to dilute in a research study. Let's just put it that way. Um, the experience of the practitioner, the type of approach or technique that's being used. Uh, there's a lot of different things that could potentially go up and down. Um, But by and large, whenever I ask my patients, you know, why, you know, they first came into my office, this is not, this is a gross generalization, but by and large, it's because they noticed an immediate change in bowel function after an adjustment, right? Usually after the first one, in some cases, maybe just a little bit longer, a couple days later, but, but that's basically the thing. And when we go back to our first episode of this podcast with Dr. Stan, um, you know, he regaled us with the story of his, uh, his young baby that he was taking care of who, you know, filled diaper, uh, on the table after having been constipated for a really long time. And there's something to be said about that type of evidence. Yeah, it's anecdotal, but at the same time, the, the patient's perception of what's happening and the doctor's ability to be able to get those results that are individualized in a lot of ways puts chiropractic in a little bit of a different category. And I think it's I think it's necessary for parents to understand that because chiropractors are not trained to treat conditions. That's not really our goal. What we're there to do is remove stumbling blocks so that the body can heal on its own. Young babies, and I'm sure again you see this a ton in your office. Young babies have three primitive programs that we talked about in previous podcasts. They got to sleep, they got to poop, and they got to eat. And almost every single kiddo that I see who comes to the door under the uh, under three months of age has a problem with one of those programs, if not all of them. The standard of care in medicine, unfortunately, is to try to cover up those symptoms. That's just the way that things work. Um, but it doesn't ever get to the root cause, right? Chiropractic is designed to get to the root cause. Yeah, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's what I, what I love about seeing, especially kids in that first 12 weeks of life. You know, you, they respond well with – it's very different to taking a 50-year-old who's got 30 years of wear and tear and – you know they've got a they've got a, a longer a much longer journey a, a year's journey or more to to get towards some sort of optimized or even stabilized function you know someone who's a bub who's 12 weeks you know it, it might be a handful of adjustments but the right adjustments at the right time 
in the right vectors with the right force, you know, done with love and good intent, you know, it, it really, it's amazing how quickly things can change because they have such adaptability and plasticity at that point. Mm. You know, it's, it's just, it's a joy to see. I think, um, it'd be interesting to see because you spent a lot of time in various different countries, Matt. Um, what, uh, what do you find are the unique needs of, let's say young children in where you are, uh, on the East coast of Australia versus say your time in, in the UK, right? You were in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, I was in, in Glasgow and Scotland. You're so, in Glasgow. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's, it's a, it's a long beer throwaway. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it, look, the, in general, like the the, the English and, and and Scottish that I dealt with had a, a far. Uh, they didn't know as much about chiropractic, so it was more a question about you know, you're you're a chiropodist, you're you're you deal with feet. No, you're I I, I don't understand. So it, there was an education process there to, to understand. Um, first of all. Um, and particularly in Glasgow, like I dealt with heaps of bubs that had, you know, constipation issues. Like that, some sometimes the food selections in cold climates can be um, uh, can be less than optimal. Um, you know, especially when parents don't really know any better. So that's that's all part of the education process. Um, yeah, a lot of people here, uh, you know, that your colic type babies are a really common thing. You know, and and parents, you know, want it. You know, when a kid's got nasty colic, you know, they're, or, or, or you know, irritable crying after feeding, um, yeah, that's a that's not a comfortable thing for a parent to to hear and and to deal with and to you know know their child's in pain, and, and it makes perfect sense in the model that most of us are brought up in to you know find a medication or, or to to be able to take something to 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 stop what the the parents perceiving as a painful process in the bub, which it certainly can be. Um, so, like the, the the colic type symptoms are one of the more, more common presentations here. Um, yeah, and look, one of the, the things I've seen um, in in both countries and even traveling around the US is um, issues with either developmental delay or yeah, autistic spectrum. You know, like they're they're something that in, even in my time in in practice, like I've probably seen a, an increase in them in practice, but they're also amazing. You know, cases and, and families to work with because, again, that specific input to help their spine and nervous system integrate more effectively really allows them to, to improve their quality of life. So, yeah, the, the research base isn't, isn't amazingly strong for that, but it is, it's, it's definitely trending in a positive direction with, with a lot of the case-based research and cohort studies. Yeah. Um, so that those, are, that those, especially in the slightly older kids, are things that you know you really notice you know that muscle tone improves you know the, the ability to catch a ball's better they can stand on one leg better you know like all these little things that yeah if you want to go run around a, a playground it, it's kind of nice if you know where your body's at so you don't fall off the the monkey bar or you can you know jump up the steps as opposed to having to hold on to the bars as you do it so it, it, those sort of things are, are they're probably the two most common things that you, you know especially back in Australia that I've been, I've seen, and we go through a trial of care. You know, we, we say to the parents, this is, yeah, this is where the evidence is at. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some low level strength with that. We've got, um, lots of practical experience dealing with these. We'll go through a trial of care and we'll track our changes. You know, we document what happens at the start. We go through a, a series of adjustments and we recheck everything. And, and it's just amazing to see what can change and how much the kids notice things too. Right. Yeah. That's, 
that's just amazing to see. Yeah, my sensor kids, and I again, I have quite a few of them because you know we have some specialized training with regards to sensory uh, reintegration work and whatnot. Um, but but even the children that I address on more of a principal basis, where we're just removing garbage from the nervous system, even just by adjusting and allowing things to kind of move into place, these kids have have pretty amazing you know, uh, reversals. Um, well, I wouldn't say reversals, but I, I'd say, um, there's just, there's just a lot of really good positivity that's coming out and really comes from quality of life. Um, Hey Matt, I know you got to go see patients, uh, as is the case with a lot of my interviews are squeezing in our folks, uh, between, um, for those of you guys who are listening and you're out in Australia, if you need to get a hold of Matt, I will leave all of his contact information um, in the box on the podcast art. And uh, for the uh, for the future, if anybody needs access to chiropractic care, as we've said at every single podcast, and you're not in our location, contact us. We're happy to find a referral. We have really caring, amazing folks all over the world, including Dr. Doyle. So, hey, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. We'll try to get you back on the podcast again sometime soon. Okay, man? Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to be on, mate. You're doing a great thing with it. And, uh, yeah, this is how we shift global health in a much better direction. Indeed. All right, brother. And thank you, guys. I will see you guys next week.